0: Yeah, uh, well, I'm about that. I'm about that uh, high, high quality, right? I don't know much about you, man. I don't know much about you. And um, are you recording now? You yeah. recording now? Yeah, I'm. Re- I'm oh. recording now. I don't know much about you. Um, I I got into bodybuilding. I've been in bodybuilding maybe like five, six years now. Like I've always been into bodybuilding, but um, competing myself and kind of getting into the bodybuilding world and community. In Canada and Ontario, has been maybe about five years now, five, six years. Um, and I've seen your name around. I think even my first show, I think I, I vaguely remember hearing, seeing your name, people wearing, you know, the coach jackets. But I had no idea like this extensive like knowledge and research and, and stuff that you've done. like I had no idea that you were so out there. Jesus! How do you have time? How, like, how do you have time to do? that?
1: Well, I have. Here? I, yeah. I, 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 I would say I, 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 had no life for ten years, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Uh, I, I had the uh, extreme ambition to uh, have the humility and the explorative will and stamina to be a living organic uh, person and entity, and uh, always kind of look in a very obscure or aty- atypical transdisciplinary approach. And uh, as a background of uh, of a bodybuilder, I had uh, a curiosity with the, both the ex- extrapolate opposition paradox of the craziness and the intelligence it needs. Mm-hmm. And because I went all in to uh, an extent, I was almost make my life to uh, a near-death danger on several occasions. Uh, Now as a father, I think I embody some pretty substantial wisdom that people, that youth can be inspired of, as you know, moderate uh, successful person and as a corporate uh, person too. And uh, I think that I became A father figure for younger bodybuilder, and a father figure for bodybuilder that was out of the traditional um, Ken and Barbie type. Yes, I kind of I kind of cater more to the rebellious mind. The people that you know, if I remember correctly, when I met Robin, he was completely disorganized. He had no phone, lost his girlfriend, lost his life. He was almost homeless. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where we we, we we met each other when he was at his, uh, let's say, his, uh, his downfall. And now, you know, nowadays, bro, well, he's
0: it's coming so to his own. Now.
1: I, I'm yeah. learning from him now. I'm a, yeah. I become
0: his student, <laughs> you know. So uh,
1: it's, it's a beautiful learning curve. And uh, that, that's why I've been there. You know, I'm not the... The most um, the most out there, the most aggressive in yeah, my publicity. Yeah. I try to remain under the, the shadows, let's say the underground, the atypical underground, really something that's kind of a. But uh, if people feel calling, they know how to find me. You know, I'm easily mm-hmm. reachable. My phone is open 24 7, and I kind of live for the industry, and uh, I will do that till the day I die and I find my vocation, career, uh, contribution. And I'm DLP, I'm I have a PhD integral approach, but I still know nothing. And uh, I, I can be dumb, I can be genius, I can be wild, I can, I can be wrong, I can be everything, but uh, I try to be the most transparent. And when I have someone under my wing that I mentor them, I don't want this relationship that lasts forever. I want them to lead to be autonomous, and like Robin, even though he had different coaches, he keep changing all the time. He always come back to me, and you know he's, he, he knows I, I can I, I know so much of the history, where he' come from, where he's at and where he's going, that even though he met a new great coach, you know we've been together for six, seven years. Sometimes apart, sometimes in good terms, sometimes in bad terms, sometimes in confusion. And that's part of the kind of the adventure. And uh, mm-hmm. I love it that way. And he, he knows that if he's in trouble, I'm there for him. I'm not fully money oriented. I'm not a money oriented coach. I have mm-hmm. my money stability aside. And uh, I compete. I won. I got overall national. Wasn't my place. I became a coach. I won pro card with master men, woman, uh, IFBB elite, Um, and then I did my own show Seven sport. Two thousand people came. So
0: um, you're going all digital. I think I'm losing I, your. I did all
1: that. the layers really yeah Yeah. the the, the constant is well to say that i i went to every layer of the industry both business both coaching both mentoring both doing it both uh,
0: you've done it all uh, i'm all there for you brother geez so much like even just like going through just saying what you just said like like i'm gonna don't mind me if you see me looking away. I'm just like writing down notes to just based off what okay. of you're talking. I'll just I'm just gonna make some notes, basically, because um, you you even in what you just said, a um, lot of really interesting stuff, and and I can really respect it. I can respect that you're you're um, you're really uh, humble, um, like where you said, like I don't need to be out there. I, I'm not trying to be like the superstar. You're kind of doing this at like who needs it and like you're really there for people and it's genuine um, where well, you don't really see that in coaches much anymore you know um, we talked about an episode Robin and I earlier where there's some coaches where uh, if you aren't at the level of other athletes that they have they don't really care about you you know what I mean um, so it's interesting you say like you know I've been a father figure so I wanted, and the other, it's another thing you you mentioned is like you, you kind of gravitate to like the chaos and like wisdom and, and they're two opposite ends of the spectrum. In bodybuilding world, it's, it's really, it's really something special because like, um, they're like, kind of like they're on the opposite ends. Normally, even like lifters, you have lifters that are just like, they want a slug weight or they want to, they're, they're more precise and they're more, you know they're more like a surgeon, very like regimented. So to taking the two opposite ends and putting them together, like it's not not very common.
1: So you it's because, because the, thing is, the thing is, bodybuilding is a sport of of class and tradition. And even though there's behind the veil lots of craziness, you go on stage. Uh, smiling with charisma, flirting the judge panel and come with an etiquette and, and, and the, the somatic the, the, how can I say this the agency of a champion that 's not arrogant, and that in, and within that uh, hypnotic image, the judge panel would unconsciously judge for you because he 's under your charisma. A bit yeah. like Zane Watson this Zane Watson, he go on stage. You know, the crowd goes like silence. Mm-hmm. They look at him every second, and it's like the you know. And I think that's the true bodybuilding art. But to be able to magnetize an entire crowd and have that responsibility under your way, and still not be arrogant, it's it's a it's a deep work of character, strength, identity, style, and it's very Mm polished. And even though the sport carries some wild side, you know, enhancement, androgen, anabolic steroids, Mm -hmm. you still have to come with that class, whatever may happen behind the scene. And I find that to do all this alone at 4% body fat, I don't know if it's possible. So that's why, you need a coach at least at least for the end
0: yeah, so you you said you mentioned just now you're like, okay you know what bodybuilding and you mentioned the term art and then you know a sentence later or two you said it's a sport in your opinion, what do you consider it do you consider it more of an art or more of a sport if you had to if you had to put it in a category, what would you say is bodybuilding more sport or more of an art
1: well we, we it, we we live in a political uh, segment of the history of the world that we transcend cate- categorization and uh, it's 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 kind of a boat but at the same time it's even more because mm. the body is the nation body is a complexity and a simplicity and it's a it's a metaphorical sense that has uh, cosmological and personal meanings and at the same time is for me, a bodybuilder would be something like Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates went all in, grabbed the Olympia, disappeared, have a normal life with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and, and kids. Mm-hmm. For me, that's a smart bodybuilder. If I yeah. look at Coleman, as much as I love Coleman, if I see him in wheelchair and spend 1.5 million on surgery, I'm like, do I yeah. will gamble the Coleman life?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know, man, I respect Coleman. He's the best, he give it all, mm-hmm. but I prefer the Dorian Yates history,
0: you know?
1: Yeah. So yeah. you go in, you go wild, but you respect what the body can do. And mm-hmm. Coleman went behind it. And I don't think he cares if you ask him again, Coleman, he said, you will do it again. He said, I'll do it again, mm-hmm. but not me, not me. I'm more, I'm more of a, I have conservative value, even though I, I'm under the umbrella of certain openness or yeah. blindness, but all to say that it's art, science, and and even, and, and even to a spiritual degree, bodybuilding. Mm, I, I don't think it's only the, the physical aspect. It's not, it's not only body composition, uh, fat, uh, muscle insertion, genetics, uh, environment, it's, it's it's the all package it's like it's like to me like Phil heat in his best year was so aesthetic and it's like so balloon but 4D balloon roundness condition very he looks like a, a living uh, marvel comics like mm-hmm. you know when i when i started bodybuilding I never thought someone would look like, like Phil that. Heath. Yeah. No, I thought it would was special that Arnold Schwarzenegger and it would stay like that forever. And then I see guy keep bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah. And then when you see that like, Rami, it's like, what oh, the fuck? And when you look at Rami, it's <laughs> like, okay, Phil Heath bring this super hero uh, comic book. Now that's a reality and it's doable. Oh, I'm impressed. And then Rami comes and he has the sheer size, at 320 with a fairly decent waist and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, how are we gonna keep RAME to stay alive?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and what's great about the, the medical science and now they have solutions to help like peptide R290 to go into peripheral nerve. Uh, they have Trentol that helps peripheral nerve be repair to help big guys to be able to walk around at 320, 330. Now, if you, mm. if, you, if, you, if you take Arnold Schwarzenegger and you turn him in a 320-pound person in uh, 1985, he will die
0: within Guys, a post. Yeah. He it's, will it's, not it's know that, how it, to
1: carry that weight.
0: It's that dangerous to be to carry that weight, that much muscle?
1: I, I think it's dangerous, but I think with the knowledge of the science we have today, it's mm-hmm. doable because, you know, the... Frequent blood tests that the doctor understand apply to endocrinology and stuff. Back in the Arnold days, it was, there was a lot of interrogation. Even me, when I bodybuilding, not even 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, there was lots of unanswered question that we have now.
0: Yeah. Give me some of those. Like, what were some of those questions? What were some of the things that back then you kind of didn't really know that have come to... <laughs> You first, come to understand a
1: lot more. When I start bodybuilding, there is no yeah yeah. When I start bodybuilding, there is no internet. So imagine how much the internet changed the world. Mm-hmm. that was the big change, and the second change is the expansion of the neurology. I know neurology is still not very popular under the bodybuilding
2: culture Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: because it's still a bit enigmatic or maybe too avant-garde-ish. But Mm -hmm. the only thing that leads symmetry is the brain. No brain, no symmetry. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: bodybuilding is the sport of symmetry. But we come from a an American school, the NPC school, that they gamble their genetics and they think it's all about genetics. Nowadays, you can almost buy genetics with myostatin blocker and et cetera, mm. or you can buy a good extension of it if you're pretty rich. And I think neurology is sadly enough. And that's why I always bring back to bodybuilding the neurobiosocial model.
0: Okay, so let's talk
1: about that a little so
0: bit by
1: more. By neuro, we mean yeah. yeah. So yeah. by neuro, we mean functional functional neurology. Okay. So functional neurology is, is 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 sense information that goes to the brain. So the harsh of the foot, the eye, the reflex, the coordination, the hemispheric coordination, left right brain. Fear, the vestibular awareness the role of the tongue the role of the jaw the occlusion because it leads out you human are oxygen species more mm-hmm. oxygen better muscle retention and better red blood cell under control level is that right?
0: some? is that something as a coach that you I guess are big on and like how do you how do you I guess. How do you coach that for an athlete? How do you coach it, it,
1: that? To- it's been it's it's been a long fight, and uh, maybe in ten, twenty years from now I will win. But uh, often what happens is, if you weren't breastfeed for a long time, you have for sure jaw dysfunction, and often to have your jaw fixed costs ten, fifteen thousand dollars, and you need a functional neuromuscular, ontodontic that nobody does, work with 4D scan camera that look occlusion, because the way you bite is the Mm. way you walk, the way you press your bench goes along Mm. the jaw. Of course, you wear a mouthpiece that will help in terms of symmetrical dynamic, that's why it's very popular now, Yeah, but it still doesn't go at the root cause of the brain and the sensory information, because you're not in a gym 24 seven, but your hmm. jaw is always with you. Working, so yeah. Eye, ears, jaw, mouth, foot coordination. Those are the most important layer. Skin have influence also, you know, scar, etc. and then neurobiosocial. So bio, we mean functional medicine, integrative medicine, and by social we mean interpersonal neurobiology. So that's yeah. a. A brain model of relationship between you and you, you and your wife, you and your kids, you with your family, you with with the society, with you with you with your community, and you with you with the world. You know,
0: all of that, and you have to place. work all those
1: layers. Yeah, you all of that neurology, to health, to interpersonal, under a nest of development, under the umbrella and the understanding of I'm gonna use trend, master on G-H-H-I, and I'll make sure that umbrella, that extension of me is current and it's, it's capable of keeping track on my goal, my ambition, my body composition, my contest. It becomes a narrow journey with a date where God or the judge panel decide your pole position.
0: It's that's, that's 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 a lot that's a lot to take in there
1: uh, um uh, but i am good i swim you know i swim in it you know sometimes <laughs> it comes at stress sometimes I myself sometimes i find myself
0: yeah uh, it,
1: it, it's as you as you adapt to it you 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 start having so much experience that you can swim pretty well in a holistic frame yeah oh i
0: think I, I think we're all enjoying this there
1: and oh yeah he's coming
0: so let, let's just continue that for, what's going on what's up? We, we we were missing you buddy okay I'm yes, sir, brother. you all right so let okay. me ask let me ask you something um benoit uh you, with all this like studying that you just kind of devoted your life to all these courses the phds and just like i don't know I, re- I looked at some of your resume i don't even know what half the fucking those things are i don't know what they are um to be honest um what and but you were bodybuilding did you decide to do that first or like was it what came first chicken or the egg
1: i i i went i went into music and I went at the depth of the music, meaning I had my band, I tore, I uh I, I was screaming, you know, hardcore metal, etc. And I did my record show, I broadcast, I had my record label, I tour, I was signing Europe, I went touring and when I was two weeks on tour sleeping in hotel with sleazy guys seeing the industry, I realized this is not where I belong. And I started bodybuilding. So I started bodybuilding from scratch, not knowing anything, nada. And in this kind of a positive outcome, OCD, I said how I can make it, maybe not to the Olympia, but to the maximum I could carry on my shoulder,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, and it was a long journey. And, and when, when I went to bodybuilding, there is, there is a position This I had to be a businessman to afford bodybuilding, right? Because it's so expensive.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, and I don't know what happened with me. I think I was too much of a body of a corporate man to be a bodybuilder. That's why when I went into the national, I came out too old. I came out too late because I had given so much time to music. Mm-hmm. So I was confused and I just parted after. Once I, I nail I nailed my overall uh, level one show, I went Sudbury, I played first super heavy. But when I went provincial national, I realized it's not really my future. So I went party and it was a bit confusing. It was corporate men, party, bodybuilding, and that went into the chaos, and it went to the chaos till I saw debt. When i saw that i came to i went i came from india i chew blood and i see i see myself i see the blood on the floor you know about 1.5 liter of blood you know when you throw up that much blood you, you think you're gonna die right yeah so that's a lot i felt yeah that's a lot and grateful to be alive and the shame and the stupid ditty i felt then i said I'll make sure I'll bring back my health with knowledge. Mm -hmm. I thought that knowledge was the way out or the surrender or the salvation of my cognitive adventure. So I said, let's discover health. So instead of spending on bodybuilding, I spent on knowledge and education. So what I did first is I did all those scores Then eventually I had so many, I said, let's hire the top professional. And when I met practitioner, that was when I had the best school. So I met 325 in about four years. All the best all over the world.
0: And I said, I'll bring
1: back that experience to bodybuilding.
0: Right. I
2: can take it back to the... Because, because it's the bodybuilding that made me live anyway. And while, well, how many years did you do bodybuilding for? Uh, so how many years did you compete for?
1: I compete about six, seven years. 30%. But in Quebec, it was very hard because I was very uh, fluent and very abrasive about steroid use. I always wanted full hardcore, uh, radical honesty. Even though it would had pushed me from the judge panel. you were ahead of the time
2: care. in that regard because I was
1: I was ahead of the yeah. time, but I was when I moved to compete in on Ontario, I was by far more respected there.
2: When you were first open about steroids, that's when it was uh, it was almost too early to be open about steroids, and and now yeah. it's like, it I was, was,
1: like I was, it, it was one, I was training. the first one I was the first one Muscle Mike to. Uh, that's why I call you Muscle Mike.
0: Uh sure. You can call me just Mike. <laughs> you can just call me Mike. Mike.
1: Muscle,
2: coach. Of muscle Mike. It's muscle and, uh... <laughs> muscle.
1: I like Muscle Mike. Uh, very confident. So um I was the first one with my real name which real cycle and I was logging completely transparent and hundred thousand people was following me on MD and GH fifteen and all those. I was the first one, and because I was the first one, I was like the, I was a bit of the, the clone, because I, I bring some humor, you know, I, I yeah. bring out my vulnerability and this and everything, but at the same time, they, it was very fun, and um, I'm glad I'd done it. I would not do that now, because I'm yeah. 46 and four like, yeah. not I'm not at the same place anymore, I don't have any regret. Of course if I look that and I even shocked myself, say, Oh my god, did I I push the limit of the radical honesty to a, a full transparency that it's almost funny, ironic, exhibitionist, but at the same time people because like, you know what? I recognize so much myself in your
2: history.
0: Yeah.
1: But that was behind the scenes. But uh, because of that I made I made my money, man. That's, I,
0: that's I, don't,
1: a- I don't even know if I <laughs> do I could retire now and I'm okay for, for forever.
0: When you when you when you said you coughed up you're coughing up that, that blood, was that from was that from steroid use and just like and, and competing? Just like, excessive, well, like I said, well,
1: is 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 I made a fortune, I build hundred pounds of muscle and I party all along. Mm-hmm. So imagine if Robin would be from 180 to 280, like he's now, but he done it while partying, a bit like Chris Cormier. That's exactly what I did. Okay. Eventually, okay. I blood and that was the end. And then after that, I didn't touch any drugs, I didn't touch anything. That was my threshold. I got scared. I still want to live.
2: I don't want to live very old, but I still want to live. How did you gain 100 pounds of muscle partying? Well, because if anyone else tried to do that, it would be impossible.
1: Well, you know, there is a lot of growth hormone. There is, you know, I was a businessman, but I slept maybe 14, 15, 16 hours a day for like five, six years of my life. So I was, I was in a position of not much responsibility. I had very mechanistic girlfriend that was taking care of me and I had a very low stress zone and, um, I was able to eat even if I was partying. I was—I had such an appetite, you know. And uh, I don't know. For me, it was all fun, man. It was all fun till till everything's, you know. So it wasn't fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was all fun, bro. But now nothing comes in. If you give me one hundred raw IQ kit, if I take one, seat, <laughs> I'll go in the
0: hospital. I cannot do
1: anything. But the body's very scared. I, I, I sure I inject Trent and I get a panic disorder you
0: know? yeah
1: nothing works anymore. Completely you,
0: you you were using a you, you mentioned you were using you know a lot of like growth what do you consider a lot of growth because I don't know there's a lot of there's a lot oh, of I did, talk I, around that now
1: yeah. I, did, I did 18 units no a day for a year straight Jesus that, that's like fifty four thousand dollars to need I, I didn't touch anything in five years, and I'm still 250. I'm not super lean, but, you know, my legs were 31. Now they're 26. But 26 is not a small legs. Someone yeah. at 46. Yeah. I, mean, what if, I walk around a guy in mid 40 years.
0: If you, if you um, – uh so, if you could go back now, would you still be using like would you do like those eighteen units? Like, how would you have went about that differently? What you what know, would you change? I, Taking all the partying.
1: If if I didn't if I didn't party and if I was such an obsessed about the corporate value of you know ethic and work and, and, and there, was, there was there was an overachievement. When, I, when I, I took steroids, it bring me to an entrepreneurship. I was keep every day starting a smart-up company, IDs. I was very, very creative, and I, it had to be expressed. I was, not, I was bodybuilding, but I was bodybuilding under very peculiar... Uh, I had a cook that prepped my meal. I had someone that delivered all my supplements. I had a wife that take care of me, everything all in. I had a trainer that was only my trainer, didn't train anyone, was available 24-7 for me. I said, you're going to be my trainer. I'll pay a year cash. You're going to be always available for me. Anytime I feel like working out.
0: Who was that? Who was that better? That's fucked up. (laughs) That's fucked up.
1: That's fucked up. up. Because you get so busy, you have so many ideas and company. You don't know when you're gonna be available. So I said the only idea I have is I need a personal role that's always available. And how fucked up it is! I find a personal trainer that was so good and at the same time hated people, hated the glamor and stuff. He didn't want to be known. So it was perfect for both of each other. And Robin I was met was him too. Ask, yeah, was Mike.
2: that uh, Mike, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Big Mike. He was with me for. Almost six years training. Yeah, he's a good
2: trainer. Which Mike Mike is
0: that? There's a lot of Mikes. I know it wasn't me. Sorry, He's not known at all. Not Muscle Mike.
1: I think he trained (laughs) in his entire career. I think he trained about five people. Jesus. But he deadlift, uh, you know, I think he had deadlift eight, nine hundred, Squat five, six hundred. You know, it's crazy. The guy is like 400 pounds, and he's flexible like a yoga practitioner. It's fucked up, man. He's, a,
2: he's a <laughs> trained with only once. I yeah. trained with uh, trained with Mike once. Um, was it once or twice? I believe it was only once. I think I think it was twice. Yeah, maybe once or twice. But there's techniques that I've been using, you know, for the past five years that I still use yeah. from that one two training session. It's because
1: it's training, you will never adapt to it. There's no end. There's no way you can adapt to his training. It's so precise, it's so that you, you, you will never threshold it. It's impossible. Either by weight or technique or tempo. Or.
0: What is like, what's it's his um, like method or like theory or methodology, whatever you want to call it? Is he more of like a...
1: I think, I think he, he's, he's, no. he's, a bit, he's a bit all over the place. You remind me of a mixture of Polyke, Paul Cech, Stefan Cazot, The Cube.
0: Oh, OK, OK, the, uh, I get you.
1: It's kind of a power functional, power yeah. bodybuilding.
0: Yeah, OK.
2: You know? OK. Uh, that, ex- that exercise uh, that I posted with the, the double tricep extensions where I'm laying on the floor, and then I'm able to do. So basically, like you're laying on the floor, but you're doing a double skull crusher. And okay. when you when you hit failure, you can extend and then bring it back and then bring your your elbows down to the
0: floor and, and then, then press back. like a chest press. Yeah. So you get the negative. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. That makes it. That's it. That, that sounds like a pretty cool exercise. I might give that a try. I've done something like that before. Um, yeah. Sorry, like I said, I'm just. There's so much things I want to like talk to you about and ask you. So I'm just kind of looking through some of Let these Let me notes know what here. you
2: guys talked. What you guys talk about
0: already, so I know I don't bring it up again. We um,
2: did, we did, did a bit of
1: a biography, and we did a bit of methodology, and now we're opening up to whatever
2: you both feel like. Okay.
0: Cool. Um, let's let's. Let's talk, about, let's talk about gear a little bit more specific, if you, if you don't mind. Do you think um, – a big question I, uh, like people have always asked is, like, is it better to cycle on and off? And, again, there's, like, a lot of studies now saying, well, you know, we might, maybe you should stay on. Then there's other ones saying it's better to, you know, come off. In your, you know, professional opinion with your experience, you think that people should be coming off cycles or do you think it's just better to cruise and come down?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, anti, I'm, I'm anti-cruise and last guy. Mm-hmm. I know it's popular in the creation. That's a big BLP. No, that's no. Uh, hey, I for agree. me, uh, hormones, hormones, it doesn't matter if it's low, mid, high, you choose your threshold that you feel comfortable with and you listen, body awareness in terms of when you're going to put a pause the thing is when it comes to cycle, people tend to plan several weeks ahead. And I think that planning is okay, but at the same time, it's a living experience. It's not exactly as you unfold and plan. Um, And regarding your question is for me, the best thing is you do whatever you want for eight months, one on and off or intermittent on off, but not blues cries completely. Kind of intermittent cycling
2: mm-hmm. to
1: let's say eight months on four months off that would be the best scenario i'm going to explain why because in nature testosterone is 500 million years old it's very old it's been there almost there's consciousness at 520 million years old then there's testosterone and there's us nowadays so it's a very old hormone. What's up, testosterone? Age, immunity, inflammation, myostatin. Myostatin, it's either genetics or it's either you buy it. I'll say, oh, I'll buy anti-myostatin. So I'll do ACE31, ACE83, GDF8, GDF11, myopropeptide. Polystatin 344 a vial, micro dosing for GDF11 for two years straight, I will buy my myostatin count because I'm not really cold, man. But that would cost me a quarter million, so I don't know if I have it. So that would be the myostatin. So for someone normal that doesn't have that kind of money, you know, unless you're J. Cutler and you sign a million dollar contract, you don't have it. And most of the Bobby Bidder, they just have. Myostatic is pro-gene for them, right? Then there's immunity and inflammation. And I find that the eight months periods, everyone is different. Eventually, you put too much strain on the brain to carry inflammatory marker of drugs and food and excess and training that the body needs a rest. And he needs a rest, a complete rest of drugs to allow drugs to work completely at this full extent. What I mean is that even though you work, you stop for four months, hormone will still under the current of muscle memory, et cetera, do his job. And once it's the following year and you go back on, within five, six, seven weeks, you're back to the maximum baseline you were at the year before. Mm -hmm. So eight months on, four months off, bring back HPTA, normal uh, inflammatory marker, good cognition, memory, coordination. That's why I use the Neurogymocco that the person stay uh, as much stable and organized as possible. But obviously, after eight months of hormones, it's kind of demanding. So four months rest will do. And at the same time, it allowed to disconnect from the sport and be ground to reality, go on a trip, have vacation with your wife, not think about bodybuilding all the time, kind of a kind of let go because I, as a traditionalist, I like people that do bodybuilding with the same girlfriend for the entire career, you know, a five, 10 years competitive career with the same wife
0: i think
2: that's I think that's a good thing to talk about though, because a lot of people are not doing they're not coming off cycles anymore and they're only doing blast and cruise so what about yes let's let's talk about that a little bit more and what would you say to people that are promoting the use of blasting and cruising, saying that you're going to get uh, two steps back or you're going to take one step back and take two steps forward doing a traditional cycle. Can you pick your I... sound up,
1: uh, Robin,
2: you're a bit... Sorry. Can you hear me a bit better now? No, no. Is it shit? You hear me well? It sounds far away. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, I hear you, but you sound just far away.
2: Okay. Well, I can fix that. But I'll give you my experience because we worked together for like three years straight where I was doing eight months on, basically going through a four month four-month pre-contest, four months off everything completely. And my blood markers would always come back when I do blood tests. After that four months, they were always back to normal. Whereas if you're doing blasting and cruising, it's very unlikely that they'll come back to normal, so.
1: Yeah, the, the thing is, let's say, let's say you cruise at 250, okay? How much hormones naturally you produce in a week? Who knows? 150?
0: Yeah. No? yeah. Different for people, everyone too, right? Yeah. Age, so, age, what if you're training, your level of like fitness already. Is, is,
1: does it work to cruise that something that looks like being natural? For me, it doesn't work. For me, it has to be two, three, four times than natural, because natural, it's beautiful to be natural, but it kind of sucks too, right? Natural, the best natural in the world are 167. And what I mean by natural is climbing, dancing, uh, go in nature, be grounded, uh, dance, uh, theater, uh, bench, you know, four times a week, that's not a very natural, a component. So eventually, natural bodybuilding will hurt you. And if you do hormones that cruise that looks like you're natural, when it's been 10 years, the guy will say, I'm on 250 tests and my cock doesn't work. So it will take more. And if you take more and you cruise at 500, inflammation comes and blood pressure comes and blood pressure comes and then go downhill with the four months break you allow the cardiovascular system to recover and go back to a normal baseline and the baseline might be a normal baseline but i remember correctly one time the first time robin did a long stop i i said to him i said you'll stop For like three, four months, and you'll be like 260. And he looks at me and said, No, that won't happen. And that's exactly what happened. He was, you remember Robin? He was 260, technically natural. Mm. There is no hormones in his toddler, nothing. And he started at 260. And you know what that means, Mike? When you're natural at 260? What does that mean? That you're a professional bodybuilder. Yeah. You cannot be two sixty natural. If you cannot do that, you're not a, a pro body.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: It's yeah. it's big weight naturally. I mean, the history was not
2: naturally, but the body is capable of injury. And, and I know there's going to be people that are they're, they're probably listening and they're thinking, well, if I come off, then I'm going to lose my muscle. I don't want to get yeah. to 260. I'd rather stay at 270 or whatever. But I, I can honestly say that from my experience coming off, and even though it sucks, you know, during that attack, it's definitely worth it. It's definitely, definitely worth it.
1: Yeah. You're not going to lose muscle under 7% body fat. It's kind of because it holds in water and fat. It's very hard to be anti-catabolic. Of course, if you very, very like OCD on anti-catabolism, you could always use lentils here and there to kind of counter react, or growth hormone since they don't really panel the testosterone axis or the HPTA axis, but it's very hard to lose muscle once they're gained. But the first law, the BLP law, is once you're 250, you know, it's not like you're 250 at 10% body fat for 24 hours and you keep it forever. You have to be 250 for four or five months straight. That's why you do eight month cycle, but let's say. This year, I will go on mass my entire year. I will hold 250 for four or five months to hopefully hold 237, 235 natural after three, four months off. Next year I'll be 250 very easily. I'll be 250 even if I get sick, if I don't eat, if I fast, if I go party, if I go whatever, I'll stay 250 and then I can go compete. Mm -hmm. You might as well, if you don't have enough mass, you plan two, three years ahead, thinking you will win 10 pounds of mass a year within that eight, four months ratio. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 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 we talked about that two episodes ago, Robin, when we talked about me competing again. Remember that, saying like, I wanna hold on to some weight for a little bit longer so it sticks a bit better? Is there any science behind that,
2: uh, Benoit? And there's no, there's no sign behind it, but. But you know why there's no sign behind that? Just how the heck yeah. are you going to study 250-pound yeah, people? The, 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 as I mean. as
1: the industry grows, the academia is under more control of uh, pharmaceutical dynamic that put money into research and PhD that doesn't really cater to bodybuilding. That's why some kind of bro-logic science will come to. But if you understand uh, neurology and functional medicine and integrative medicine, and you're capable of reading substantial research data, you can come with pretty accurate anecdotal kind of thing right and um, if 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 the theory was wrong people will re- will keep their weight much easier they will not say oh i cycled i was 250 now i stop i'm 230 it's 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 too much of a too much fluctuation of weight too rapidly so there's not there's not radical gain that never goes away of course GH tend to retain gain for a much lang- longer uh, post-career or post-rest than steroid gain, mm-hmm. obviously. It's <laughs> a, I would say it's the second, second or third cycle of your life that you keep for life. And the four, five, six, seven cycle, they're kind of fluctuation. And GH result could remain between a year or two. Depends how much you've done and for how long. And for me, a good GH span would be between six and nine units, between five and seven years. Yeah. Because look, pro bodybuilder often start too young, and often they hit their pro card at 24, 25. It's just because they've been doing it for 10 years. It just doesn't say anyone.
2: Yeah.
1: I prefer someone that start at 23, 24, in terms of having a career, but sometimes it doesn't have the most glamour to win his pro card at 27, 29 than at 20, 24. You know, someone that's young and pro, it's very instant, instant attraction. You know, has a a public appeal.
2: That's true. That that is true. But so I wanted to ask. So for someone who was going to bulk up and then they wanted to get to a new set point let's say let's just put an arbitrary number someone is 250 and they want to bulk up to 280 how long should they hold that 280 it's always
1: the six months down? law
2: Sir. it's always the six so months
1: law and at least a three four months rest okay. right we, you remember a friend of mine we're not going to say his name but he did a um uh, he did the, what, what's his name, the coach, uh, whatever. He, he did a high clean carb diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both on cycle and then off. And then he start little bit of testosterone, like little, little bit. And he was 300 pounds. That's so pretty do, crazy. That's, that's, that's a lot of commitment to eat thousand grand <laughs> clean carbs. Clean, 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 day after day after day after day after day. That's insane. That's completely insane. And even me, I will not ask someone to do that unless he wants to do the Olympia. And unless he has the genetics that's able to eat six, seven hundred gram carbs and get leaner on that, good luck find those people. They're pretty rare. Yeah. Most of my athletes, they go hundred, Hundred to hundred and fifty carbs a day. sometimes to hundred. When you say uh, from seven uh, oh, weeks sorry. out. Yeah.
0: Sorry, you're you're, free, you're freezing there, so I, I didn't know if you're you're talking or not. When you say genetics, in your your opinion, like what does genetics include? Does genetics include like how much myostat and how much testosterone um you naturally carry? Like what does genetics mean to you?
1: Well, genetics is about twenty percent of the uh, of the, the 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 totality. Genetics about twenty percent of the bodybuilding career. It's not all. Mm-hmm. The early developmental has way more effect than example. Uh, the lifespan is closer to your zip code than your gene. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's been right? So it's 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 not all nature and nurture and genetics. It's a mix match of everything. Yeah. Of course, there's a an anticipation of your I will optimize my microbiome to be more performative in sport because my gut microbiota, in terms of CNS gut access will help and increase my uh, muscle hypertrophy capacities. And if you follow an holistic lifestyle that, uh, advantages to, uh, to bodybuilding and body, body processing in terms of muscle gain mass, then that would make sense. But genetics comes to, have you been breastfed? It's going to sound weird, but did you sleep with your parents before you were five? Did your mom stay home till you were five? Uh, did you're sleeping with your mouth closed because that's complete oxygenation? You see J. Cutler sleeping in airport. His mouth is closed. You see uh, sleeping. Uh, what's his name? Um, the 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 the. the I'm, I'm seeking for his name. The, the guy that wants the public at the Olympia, the public choice, the big, big guy. He's in all he, The other. Rolly Winkler. Rolly uh, The other. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Rolly Winkler, sleep his mouth closed. Mm-hmm. And I will say genetics, of course, myostatin, but more drugs, uh, tolerance, drug clearance that is a bit... Not too low, but not too fast. So example, if I take 750 testosterone now and Mike and Robin do the same thing, I think that Robin will take longer to clear it than myself, something like that. Time clearance of drug would be different. So that would be more to certain gene clock in terms of chronobiology in the p 450 Uh, phytochrome in the liver detoxification that could help bodybuilder. There's a lot of enigmatic uh, stuff still in genetics. With genomics, it will come more uh, accurate with time, give it another 10 years. With CRISPR, we could play at the muscle level eventually, anyhow, but I will say genetics is not all. It's one of the fifth. But where you had grown as a person and in terms of family dynamics would have a lot of influence. And you know what's weird is I'm saying this, but Kai Green had a very pretty harsh, tough life. You know, all uh, <laughs> no, pretty... Uh, uh, and you know, he's an outstanding bodybuilder. So sometimes genetic threshold can... Take out the rational of what happened in the nature culture uh, kind of thing, but culture is very indif- very, very important, and it's the most capital thing. It's like if naturally you're uh, an extreme person is like, "I'm going to go in bodybuilding, but I will go all in, nothing will stop me." I will give my life for bodybuilding. I will give all my stamina and willpower. I have this heroic sensibility that's in my core, and I will never be afraid. Then you're a bodybuilder.
0: Yeah, that's If you
1: text I'm your coach, Mike, and your, you're my coach, muscle coach. And I text you and I said, Oh, brother, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. I am scared. I don't know if I want to lower my water intake. I'm scared. Oh, I don't know if I want to touch a quarter of diuretics at 16 hours from even though I had carbs in my body and I have potassium and my sodium and my magnesium. I still am afraid. Is that guy going to be a bodybuilder? No. He's not hardcore enough. That's why you need intelligence with stamina and in a, an a, and a inherent into your blood, into ancestral intelligence that bring you to the wild side of bodybuilding and you embrace it with positive outcome. You have fun cutting your water, you have fun taking drugs, you have fun not abuse of it, but be commonsensical with what I'm using, the risk, the ratio, the I'm having the smile and I'm, I'm having a, a motivational agency, that I I know that a bodybuilding show is my own. And this is not something you choose. It choose you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's- Robin, Robin started like bodybuilding was like 18, 19. a long time ago. He never hang up, man. It's like 10 years, never hang up. And he wants to be 300, even if there's water, even it's like, oh, bro, it's like, I don't no, three hundred. I'm like me and DLP, your father DLP. I don't know if you're gonna be three hundred, bro. Your neck, you know, water. Like ah, shh, ah, I, I don't want you to be three hundred. And you know what he said? Fuck you. I'll be three hundred. And when he's three hundred, he sent me a picture. He's like two ninety nine weight,
0: and he showed me just before
1: he <laughs> <laughs> bodybuilding. He went all in, and he's yeah. like. And, and now I wish that once you're 300, that you can go back to 4% body fat, not losing your mind. Because to me, party like a maniac or be 300 pounds, there's not that much difference. It's still in excess.
2: That's I think it's so important to have a coach who cares enough about you as a person to, to teach you when to hold back and, If you're a very extreme person like myself, for example, like you just talked about, you know, like if you're in this all the way and you would do anything, whatever it takes, you know, you can very easily get hooked up with a coach who has a very similar mentality who will put put you through everything it takes, you know, and, and that might be a little bit too much for your body. So, you know, for me, someone who's on the extreme side, I feel more comfortable working with someone who's more health conscious at least more health conscious or as health conscious as I am so we can create a dynamic where I'm going to get to where I want to get to, but without dying. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to build muscle. You're not going to be a great bodybuilder and no one's going to remember you, unfortunately, if you leave this world too soon. And I think we've seen it too much, especially over the recent years, we've seen people and, and we all understand why we all we all we all have empathy for these people because we're very similar uh, in terms of how extreme we are with these things, and especially now because there's so much there's even more pressure nowadays to perform
1: constantly.
0: I, I, uh, 365 days that, a I, year. I would,
1: that, I would say I would say I'm sure he died because he ate too
2: fast. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. We don't need to. We don't need to get into that, but. But the, the bottom line is at the end of the day, we do the sport because we love it. And if we're not here to, to do what we love, then we haven't succeeded because we only have so long that we can, we can do the sport. And the reason why we got into the sport was because this was a passion for us. So we have to see it through. And the only way we're going to see it through is if we're smart enough to make it. So, you know, having people like Benoît Pierre, having people like Patrick, Coaches who are actually putting out good information is what we need. We don't need to people talking about what kind of dosages they're taking. We don't need people talking about pushing the boundaries. We don't need that many people talking about gear. What we need is we need real information, and we need people that are not. We need people that are not scared to say that we have to actually slow down a little bit, look at what's important to us.
1: I like I like the I like the eight months on, four months off for between 10 years, 10 years would be my threshold personally, but if you're a pro bodybuilder, then 15 and to push it far as Dexter Jackson to 20, 25 years, that's, that's to me, it it would be like blood tests every three weeks. You know, that's quite a, that's quite a, you know, he's one out of billion that was kind of. Have a career like that.
2: Yeah. Now, if someone was, if someone was to do a ten-year, uh, a ten-year career where they only blast and cruise, what would, what do you think the difference would be over that ten years in terms of like health side effects versus someone who did the eight months on, four months off?
1: I, 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 I seriously think that someone that does blast and cruise for ten years straight. Will end up like rich piano, you know, because it's very hard to never stop hormones and go explore at other excessive territory. Eventually, will be gambling, will be escorting, will be uh, uh, whatever, you know, because eventually, when you dabble and punch inflammatory marker you change decision making you change you alter the person and for 10 years straight that's lots it's too much chemical cascade that will lead to chaotic and intention or not even intention just i don't know for me for me, someone that knows how to stop, he, he stops all addiction at the same time. He has enough willpower to say, I'm going to take a pause now. I'm
2: going to go off and I go back ground to reality. So you know? what you're saying, the biggest thing is the person who is able to take four months off has better discipline. And because of that better discipline, they're going to be able to make better long-term decisions. I'm saying
1: this, but I'm saying also that's very important, that someone that start dabble with steroids better have the discipline before, because if someone has no discipline and get the lazy medicine direction, he will blast and cruise and blast and cruise and blast and cruise, and eventually he will cruise and not training and only train when he blasts. And trust me, I know you know people who've done that. Yeah.
0: No? Unfortunately. Yes.
1: Yep. So we do you need the recipient before starting?
0: What do you, so Robin, the, the people that you know, and we're not we don't need to say any names like what have you noticed with those people? Are those typically the bigger guys? Are those people that you would say are, you know, having a successful com- career? Are they kind of, do they look like the average Joe in the gym? I know with my experience, to be honest, those people are the ones that normally look like just the average dude.
2: Like, it's funny. The people that I think that yeah. are like
0: excessive users are not like most of the time. I'm not going to say all the time, but most of the time are just average dudes are they the ones that are using things in excess.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think at the, at, at the end of the day, the, the people who are at the top of their sport, they know how to use it in some regard, or they have someone who's guiding them who knows how to use it. But I think that, like you were saying, it's your typical gym bro. Um, it's just people that are not as educated with the use of steroids. And because they've started to use them already, they probably were never taught that you have to, they might've been told by their other gym buddy that they have to get off at some point. But, you know, it's it's kind of very vague with, you know, these PCT protocols and stuff. Um, you know, I think that because... PCT protocols are not very effective today. Uh, I think no, no, kind of like outdated. That I think that's the reason why people are turning. Wait a right second, now. brother. Go ahead.
1: The world of the PCT changed about six weeks ago. There's a new compound that called it's called kisspeptin, and kisspeptin bring back HPTA, not neurotoxic, not no aromatization, can be used on off cycle not harsh and strong like triptorelin, uh and super healthy. It could lead to a headache if you use it uh, exponentially for years, but beside that, almost no side effect, very fast replenishment of the PCT. It was the only compound that was lacking in the bodybuilding industry per se, because they could complexify the primobolin and then to other extension but the research doesn't invest in testosterone anymore since like 1980 so nothing's going to change unless peptide but in terms of pct kispeptin is the new king hmm. it's not very known because it just came
2: out. is it accessible at this point yeah. or is that going to take yeah there's, where pe- where can, there's
1: three there's four worldwide producer and one in canada okay because right. it's still a research compound
0: how do you spell that, Jess, or just for our listeners? How would you, you know how to spell that, or like where the, the name of those it's companies? KISS
1: Peptin. KISS So it's K I S S Peptin. Okay. KISS Peptin. There's extensive conference all over the world now for brain and metabolism regarding KISS Peptin. When something is good for HPTA, it's kind of good for entire systemic level. So we have to wait for the substantial research. But that brings sperm mobility, sperm count, sperm structure, LH, FSH, HPTA, all of it. So it's like taking letrozole, clobid, ACG, uh, aromacin, uh, all at the same time, HMG, all at the same time, super cheap, plus, <laughs> HMG
2: is like $1,000, yeah. and cheap too. Yes. So is yeah. Kispeptin, is this going yeah. to replace tryptorellin and yeah. HCG completely?
1: I find HCG fashion very dumb, but uh, we have very low budget regarding uh, fertility in Canada. So before the had being accepted in Canada, it might take, you know, 30, 40 years. Uh, of course, tryptorellin, it's still specific to let's say you did one gram of trend and intake for a year straight, completely wild, then you have no choice. I don't think that nothing's going to be back if you're not, you know, off HPTA function for life. You have to be careful with the abuse.
2: So, another misconception with like PCTs and stuff is the timing of it. So, if you were to take your PCT, whether it's Kisbethin, whether it's or whatever, how long do you have to wait until you're off that cycle? How long until you actually start that PCT? Do you have to wait until all the hormone clears out? Or can you start it before all the hormone clears out? When, when,
1: When BLP, like let's say BLP in 219, I would have wait for two months, but BLP in 2021 I might do Kispertin right away depends who, what what kind of contest what kind of it depends how well the cycle went mm-hmm. if it went, everything went well it was smooth, then I will say wait, if everything went a bit downhill, no guy sad a bit melancholic and, you know, there's some kind of a uh, uh, distortion Then I would say it'll start right over yeah. there, right?
0: Do you, do you call?
2: Individual. Sorry, like like you were saying, um, with, with different individuals, everyone kind of has a different clearing time of hormones and drugs. So that's why I wanted to ask that question. Just so if someone's wondering how long they need to wait, it can definitely vary from person but to person. But the thing is,
1: kid can be be used both as bridge on cycle or off cycle. It doesn't really matter anymore. That law doesn't exist anymore. And that's why I'm always drug curious because we gonna start soon. Once the testosterone, the non-ester testosterone will bloom, I'm not sure when, in terms of endogenous and exogenous connection, you'll have drugs that last a very long time with barely no side effect. And that will come within five, six years. That's where I always stay glue and close to drug development because it's gonna boom very fast mm-hmm. from now on. You know?
2: Cool. What do you think about that, that post that Dante Trudeau made about that? that thing that's going to be the newest thing in bodybuilding. Did you read about that? I'm not sure which one. So Dante was talking about uh, a saline solution and 20% glycerol or glycerol that will be put together into a frozen slurry at negative 4.8 Celsius with 40% of it being small ice particles and then injected into subcutaneous body fat. So it's basically like, you know, how they used to advertise that like Oh, you mean like
1: Kino Selene and stuff?
2: Yeah. I I I
1: I wouldn't believe in it, but I I believe it's more like marketing than 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 reality. It's a mixture of both, it's gonna work but not as as magical as it is. It's kind of a his own like uh, chemist formula to market, right? has to make an income and it's pretty, it's, you know, a little bit, uh, let's say, uh, avant-garde in the uh, it's maybe a supplement industry, but no, there will be more potent drugs. When someone says, I find a non-ester testosterone that's both endogenous, exogenous, that live 90 days and not neurotoxic and not inflammatory, then I will say, yes, that's the future of medicine. And that's coming true. Because now they have they have a nanotechnology that they detect either estrogen or estradiol and stuff like that. So imagine what they have later on.
2: Mm. Give me one second. I'm just gonna to run to the wash yeah. and I'll be right back.
1: Yeah. I love I break, bro. <laughs> um,
0: I was gonna ask you, do you, how many? How many? You said you coached some pros. Who else? What other pros did you coach? I know.
1: Uh, I want uh, I won one pro card. Once the, once the person is pro, I, I don't really – I'm not saying I don't care, but
0: yeah.
1: I, I want that – I want you to go – Because the thing is, once you're a pro card, you don't choose me as your coach as a pro card because me, I'm anti-system, anti establishment I'm more mm. of a – rebel. yes, I'm respected in the – Industry, Yes, I went on stage and I gave the, the trophy for the Olympia qualification in 2012 yeah. in Vancouver, he's in Watson, and the one in Toronto in Open category. But it's a political sport and it's a political American sport. You better might as well have a, a political American coach that kind of know Tim Gardner, kind of know, uh, 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 what's his name? gary did and all those guys right
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's a, bit of a click and me i'm not in the click because i'm more of a spiritual guy i'm more of a weird guy and i want to be i want to i want to cater to my craziness so i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna bend to that click i mean i respect it i love them like you know i have their phone number and stuff but Oh, they're not me.
0: They're so which, which, which <laughs> pros did you coach to a pro card then? Or which, yeah, which are, yeah which competitors have you coached to a pro card?
1: Well, well the one that was very close to it was, uh, was uh, um, Christopher Wong. He was very close
0: to oh, it. Oh, okay. And
1: yeah, was yeah. So, close. so I, was, I was, I'm not a doctor. I have a PhD. I have a doctor. I'm not his doctor. But he always called me his doctor. And we remained that. You know friendliness and then there was robin that was very close it was a very peculiar relationship because it's a woman so you want love and affection but you don't want to cross to desire you still want idolatry but it cannot be flirty i was sponsorship sponsor, sponsorship her give her mentoring at, you know so his presence and I, I lead her to her credit it took Almost six years of sponsorship for Robin to get, and I knew she would a pro because the first time I hug her, I was like this. I was like,
0: <laughs> I couldn't
1: believe it. I was like, what? I felt small. You know, yeah. I was a bodybuilder, and I and I hugged her. And I, felt small. I was like, oh no. So uh, yeah, and uh, there, there's there's a lot of people I help, but I don't want to say their name because I'm too drug open, you know?
0: Ah, uh, gotcha. But
1: uh, one guy that did very well, the elite, the elite pro, uh, Emil Rudensky Emil from uh, Poland. He came okay. here. He was with me the entire week. He did peak week, everything, trap, water, yeah. manipulation and stuff. Wonderful physique bro. astonishing. He won the elite overall. And... Um, that was an outstanding experience, you know? Because his very known coach, chemical wizard, sent me him and he knew he was in good hands. And I take care of him, everything Polish, like, you know, had his driver, went to the contest, make sure he has his place to sleep, always go back to his. his meal was all ready, had all the drugs he wants. We nailed everything, was perfect. He was received, you know, from the airport, leave at the airport like a king and he nailed it. And I'm very proud of that one because not many people can be as generous as I did for the industry.
2: Mm-hmm. It helped me a lot too. We, we worked together for my Pro Card as well.
0: What would you say, what would you What would you say, Vanuah, makes for a good um, person to right
1: coach? is the only one that I, I knew he would win the Pro Card. The other one, I didn't feel they actually I was not fully convinced they win it. Robin, yeah. I knew it. Robin went upstairs. oh that's it, bro. I knew it was it was it was obvious. It was too obvious. It was so obvious that you were you were which position on your first pro show? Eight. It came out eight. Eight first pro show, you know? In Toronto, and that was
2: a big lineup too, man. It yeah, was it was a good team, lineup. Like, a pussycat cat lineup. Yeah. That's a good lineup, man. He yeah. was shot there. That was a good you know, peak. That that peak yeah. week was like perfect. Everything was perfect. I loved the way it looked. It was my favorite look I yeah. think ever. Even more so than last year. I might have had more size last year, but it, it wasn't that perfect peak. It was like a little bit too watery, a little bit too dry. If I was, you know, right in the middle. Yeah, it comes that was with C, Yeah, yeah.
0: Ben, while I was asking, what do you think makes for a good person to coach? Like, like you were coaching Robin. Like, what did you see aside from the obvious? Like, okay, they listen to diet and like they 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 listen to their diet and you know they work out hard. What else makes for a good person to coach?
1: Well, me me, I tend to coach the crazy one, so. Hmm. I, I, I,
2: Your style is a, definitely a little bit different because um, like most, coach will, most coaches will just send you a plan. Here's your plan, follow this. When we were working together, it was I would send you what I was already doing and then you would give me recommendations from there. So if it was like, here's my diet, this is what I'm taking and you know, calories, carbs. I calculate that stuff, and then I'll send it to Benoit, and then Benoit will say, "Okay, I want you to cut down your carbs 15 percent." I'll figure out what 15 percent is, and I'll, I'll make it happen. So it was like I'm constantly getting feedback on what my program is. So he's influencing my program um, with his coaching. We were communicating basically, I don't know, every day for the most part. Um, so it was like. It was, it was constant and I think maybe that's one of the things that uh, when you have a client, that client has to be able to do some work on their own. Like mm-hmm. if they want everything kind of spoon fed for them, um, I, I find that can be a little bit difficult to work with those kind of people. Like, it, and it's just because they don't ask enough questions. They don't, they don't give you enough feedback. They just, here's your plan, okay, great. Okay, here's my pictures. Okay, here's my pictures. Okay, here's my pictures, but I'm not getting anything back. So, you know, when I, I think about if, if I was the coach, so I'm working with this person. If I was the coach, how would I want this person to communicate with me? I would want them to be honest about everything. I would want them to tell me probably more, more details than not. So I have all the information. I want to know everything that's going on. If I have to ask you twice for something, that's not that's a bad client. Come on. If, if I asked you how your week was, you said your week was great. And then I'm asking you, did you slip up on your diet? And then now you're telling me you did. That, I find that, like, that really, like, you know, that's, that, that, you know, that's my pet peeve right there. Yeah. Someone straight up lies to your face and then you have to ask them. It, it, sound, them. It's like, bro, it sounds like bro. you're talking, like, talking about a very specific
0: situation <laughs> right now. You sound like you're really connecting with that. But here's, so, but here's you the, are, the thing. I, <laughs>
2: it it is it's yeah man oh yeah but i deal with that a lot and i i know ben was dealt with people like that i know you've dealt with people like that um if you want to be a good client you gotta gotta communicate Mm
1: -hmm. one time sam sam my robin's wife was at uh, my place and i had a penthouse open to montreal it's a very romantic uh, position right you see where the top of ceiling, you see downtown. And they, we both have a, we create a triangle with chairs. Eh? And her, she was always under the impression that Robin was a bit out there, say not fully present, say a bit, not dissociative, but maybe overthinking or whatever. And then what I did is I asked them uh, what they did on a specific journey a journey, like what did you do uh, Saturday in June fifteen, whatever? And then he goes, Ah, oh, we went to uh, um, eating ice cream. And I said, What kind of ice cream it was? What did Sam eat? What did she tell you? And you know, weirdly enough, he comes with all the details. And as her, she has the conception that this guy is completely gone. He remember every little detail, <laughs> and then. That- <laughs> Them and they go when they back went home and yeah. I, it oh. changed it changed how the she perceive him mm-hmm. you know uh-huh. and the thing is for me Robin doesn't know need he doesn't need someone that uh, show him how to eat or how to work out how to do whatever else he's pretty knowledgeable but at the same time everyone has structural weakness and I use his wife confusion to reassure the couple and they went you know Mm -hmm. and i i use you know let's say let's say robin came he he came to me like i said he had a a pretty disorganized life the first day we met and that's something that attracted me because i went i was there i done it Mm -hmm. and me i said how we can bring someone that has a dysfunctional life To make as much money to be a pro bodybuilder and be worryless. How we can bring the pro card with love, money, business, wisdom, all at the same time. So my point of view is to have it all. I don't want only the pro card. I actually don't really care about the pro card. I want it all. I want that you want a pro card, but you have life security, stability, money, wisdom, and you have autonomy to go with your pro card and go to whatever you feel like. You have the maturity for it. And sometimes it's just abstract tool that connect all those dimensions together. And within interview and question and mentoring, you... Finally, felt sense in an intuitive sense, an intuitive tone that may be not rational, but that connect all the transitive, snary approach of the person as a connective.
2: Yeah, there's, 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 it's kind of like, you know, I've tried to explain before, um, kind of like what BLP does in terms of like spiritual kinesiology did you guys talk about spiritual kinesiology no, no. no. <laughs> talk about so i want to go into that next because that's kind of like where the magic happens you know like when i've gone and visited uh, Benoit, and we've worked on like different kind of layers layers of the emotional and these these emotions that are kind of trapped within you subconscious emotions um, they can they can hold themselves in places on your body, right? So, and correct me if I'm wrong here at any point, but, but these these kind of points of, of pain in your body can really hold you back, limit you. Um, they can recap it on, on symmetry and strength and, and all kinds of stuff. So we've done multiple sessions where we'll go in and we'll work on, it's like connecting the yeah. mind to the body. And basically it's, 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 it's very intimate in the way that uh, Benoit will use uh, energy or be able to read your body uh, and find where the issue stemming from and then relate that to a memory that you've had so it's kind of creepy in the fact that he can pick out memories um, that you might not have been able to consciously recall at the time but then when he brings them up then you're able to remember them fully like you know you're able to reassociate that memory with that emotion and then you can, and then through the the, the process that Benwell would, would teach you at that moment, you would be able to work through that memory, acknowledge it, and then place it somewhere else, kind of refile it. Like in a computer system, you take that file and put it in the recycling bin because you don't need it anymore, you know? And then mm. delete, and it's gone, right? And it's, it's something that actually changed my body completely. Um, and it takes time and it's not, I mean, it is magic but obviously, you know, magic isn't a real thing. It's actually something physical, um, but it's very interesting. So, um, probably Ben walking. So, so, so
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's when, when you have a coaching method, which open to both experimentation and esoteric, you said, hey, BLP, I work with you. I don't know what you're doing. I have no clue, but I know there's a mysterious intention. And that kind of a naive, childish uh, flexibility, actually very powerful. That it's true or not, that you believe in God or not, doesn't matter. What matters is just result. And what's fun about bodybuilding is, I don't care about the technique, bring me result. I don't give a shit if it's... Scientific or not. It makes no difference, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I coach a couple that both come to me. I look at the couple and I say, can you hug each other for one minute? And I let them hug for one minute. And I let them sink in their body. And then after I ask the question, listen into your heart, keep your eyes closed and tell me how you feel. And the guy tell me, I feel... I feel I'm completely um, open to her. I, I, I feel I'm protecting her. I feel, I, feel I, I, I have eternal generosity to her. And I asked her, I said, she said, I don't feel so comfortable because I'm not ready yet to embrace his love. And then I asked to open her eyes and I ask her to tell him, from now on, I will open my heart to you and I will trust you no matter what, because I know myself deserve love to my value, to how much I worked. And together we will bodybuilding contest, I'll be a figure, you be a bodybuilder and we'll do that again in that complete heart connection. And then she said to him, you still feel the vibration of the couple and that they show both their vulnerability and now they have a full heart connection to embrace the bodybuilding journey. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened after is they open up a, he ran for her a place that she can train people because in boston every gym was closed so they built the project and now they they're in love because it's not only the bodybuilding they have a little side business together and they feel they feel they have to be in shape because now they both kind of train people so it's a very peculiar dynamic that yes they will do cycle. Yes, they will eat well. Yes, they will do cardio. But to me, it's too easy. Mm -hmm. I want the magic and I want them to compete in that magical journey. And if I didn't make them hug, and if I would have sent just diet and program on each side, they would have never shared it. And maybe they will not be together today. So it's not about rationality. It's about openness be open to sensibility and uh, me I love to work that way and usually people that are attracted to me are either they're completely chaos and they feel that the magic could be a great assets or people that are very very rigid and hyper control and they say you know what I'll go see that guy because he's going to bring some kind of a freedom to my uh, ultra-discipline,
0: right? It sounds... Go sorry. I was going to say, it sounds like you kind of say, like, you know, you want everyone to have it all. It sounds like you're kind of... It it almost sounds like you're saying if your life is better, you're going to be a better better bodybuilder.
1: Absolutely. Right? You sell the smile on stage.
0: And it's and, and about energy,
1: right? Yeah. So, so if you go on stage and you're angry and you're mad and you feel like smashing the crowd, and to say, uh, no, it won't work. It won't work with anger. It won't work with happiness, happiness, you know.
0: Do you do you train with anger? Like when you when you train do you, Is that is that something that you, you kind of try to elicit when you're training, or is it a different emotion?
1: Well, uh, we've a, we've a, we have did a video how I personally train uh, Robin at the gym. And uh, this year, me and Robin, we plan, I think, to do legs together. And my goal is that he legs press between 15 and 1,800 pounds for two, three reps without injury and Ano will make it happen and my only goal will be go there, make sure all the sensory is there, the vestibular, the coordination, we have all the brain awareness, make sure that the technique is perfect, make sure we have a presence that he feel that he can drive to threshold. We make sure that you have enough rest pre and post training because we go to total extreme. And um, that'll be my unique goal. Because the thing is, Robin is such a high level that only one pinpoint will make him improve. You have to focus on one thing. So I choose this year, every year I choose something. Last year was lower back. And now his back is almost his best. But I think the Venice gym is such a great gym for the back where you train his back. Mm. Probably the best gym in GT area to do. Maybe Dorian has a good gym too, but I find Venice for back the best place I've been. Seriously, you best think place. that Robin?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: the best place to do your back. So his back was his weakness and now it's almost his strongest part. So I will focus on upper quad that it, it comes from the rear double delt, and we'll focus on one that mm-hmm. and me, I think that Robin, the only lack he needs is this extreme super strength that's like, you know, Coleman style. That's why the first time we met, we call it the than uh, goal, right? <laughs> strong, stronger than Coleman yeah. weekend. So that was symbolic. But we make it happen, and next time will be leg press. Yeah. So we're just going to do leg press once a week, same day, same hour, same time. We'll make sure. I know he's in good hand with his coach, but that will be yeah. my focus, only that focus. Because if we bring up – if we bring the upper quad from the back view with the current low, low back, back thickness quality he has now, to me he's flawless
2: because
1: I, I i don't know how he can get bigger chest shoulder arms i don't know it's fucked up how oh, big in his you know? I mean, I, you, I, you I, look I, cool. you compare picture with if the heat it kind of look alike me, in guess, body.
2: You know, because it's going to look different when i'm leaner so yeah you know I'm, I'm i'm slowly getting leaner right now um so you know we'll be able to see kind of a little bit more uh, when I peel off some of these layers. So, yeah, definitely uh, working on legs. Um, but like you mentioned before, like we uh, we have some videos on YouTube, you know, I yeah. can drop the links in the comments below and stuff, but um, we really focused hard on back last year. So um, those videos, you know, if, if, if you guys are uh, listening and you guys want to watch these videos, you're interested about training your back. Um, a lot of good information there as well. So it's not just a training video. Benoit also explains uh, what we're doing and why we're doing it. So I think that's, that's a really cool video. I, I've gone back and watched it a couple times too because most of the stuff I'm still doing now, like all of the uh, the warm-ups that we do, that, that I've done with uh, Benoit, I continue to do them and I always do them. And I think that's probably one of the most uh, underrated parts of the workout is basically that warm-up period where you're priming. And uh, only Benoit has ever shown me some of these, ex- like the Aldoa, you got me into the Aldoa, um, you got me into like focusing on like my rhomboids, isolating the rhomboids before I train my back, um, deactivating the traps, activating the lats, like all these kind of things where you're, you're going to the gym with that one focus. So if I want to only improve my lats, or whatever, you know, you have that one body part you want to improve. Well, there's definitely ways to do it. You just have to prime that muscle. And, uh, you know, 15 to 20 minutes before that workout can be a game changer. It can make the difference between that workout that's going to make you 1% better and not. So,
1: yeah. Well, you have a great team behind you. I knew you're close to Pakowski. I and mean, you had a great coach. Mm-hmm. And me, I bring the, let's say, the alternative. Uh, section of the uh of the yeah. industry so you need a complete
0: team yeah um I think that's gonna cover our episode of buried under the bar' yeah,
1: man. That was awesome bro um i really really appreciate
0: appreciate you coming on here like there we've definitely have to have like maybe a couple of episodes with you because there's just so much knowledge, like, just, like, we didn't even really dive into your resume so much, um, but we definitely got to have you back on, uh, I'd really appreciate that if that's okay with you, and, um, yeah, 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 uh, so, yeah, uh, for everyone, uh, all of our listeners, um, and, our, and our viewers, um, make sure that you, how, how do people reach you, Benoit?
1: Well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I like Facebook because I, I remain traditional. I know Instagram is more popular, but my Instagram is more the like research Pop, You know, it's very, uh, lately I had over a hundred uh, screenshots on testosterone because I'm building a, a course on uh, uh, anabolic uh, steroid use for bodybuilder in French. So that's why there's lots of data on my Instagram. There's over 500,000, 500, yeah, 5,000 pictures on Instagram. So everyone that wants to be smart, just read them all over again, all over
2: again.
0: <laughs>
1: the data is exponential. It's just, it, it's kind of like, where I'm, what I'm studying now, I send copy-paste, and people that get curious, now get curious about one subject, then they can dwell in, and have their own uh, escapade, or right? intellectual
2: adventure. I will. I will
1: take. Uh, I will take uh, two, two, three clients or patient. Uh, January next year. January, I have two, three places. Now I have too many uh, military, but uh, I have place for next year. But uh, I have two. I have two for the President Cup and uh, National. I have uh, Toko who's uh, gonna do North Americans if it's happening in Pittsburgh. I, I really like yeah. Toko lately. Came out Toko Tyler in classic. I have a French guy, uh, young, young kids with his pregnant wife having a baby, he's competing in Romania. Once, once his contest done, he will take a year off for the baby, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have time to lead to the third semester before you get a baby. And he's from France, and will go compete Romania Pro. I don't think he has the Pro card this year, but he has a very appealing, very attractive. Very, it's very—it's an Instagram uh, superstar where you live in France, near Switzerland. And uh, I think Toko in Master, Master Pro card, thirty-five years plus, has big chance for the overall because awesome. this year there will not be many yeah. people,
2: like the North American. Just a matter of time for Toko. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, guys, so. He went all digital there. I couldn't hear you. Okay, guys, so.
1: My scratching. Is that is that a dog that scratched or something? I think,
0: no, it's, I, think it's my, I think it's
2: my wires. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So make sure you hit the like and subscribe button, guys. Um, if you like the video, yeah, please give it a like. Make sure you follow Benoit. Um, you know, very, this guy has a very, ex- I'll, that's all I can say, very extensive resume. He knows a lot of stuff. So give him a follow. Uh, make sure you follow Robin Robin as well. All right, guys. It goes to
1: philosophy. All right, guys. It doesn't <laughs> end.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, brother. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> But then before we hang up, no, we, we can stop recording. And I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay?
2: For Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Hold
1: on. Hold on.